Hello and welcome back. It's episode 75 of Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell. Today's conversation, we are talking about focusing on what you can do and not what you can't with Chelsea Anderson. Chelsea is an accountant in the real estate sector, a content creator and a fitness enthusiast and somebody who battles with arthritis on a day-to-day basis but does so in a way that I think you will find inspiring. We learn about Chelsea's fitness journey from dancing competitively to football and then falling in love with weight training. Importantly, Chelsea shares how she balances her fitness and content creation alongside a career in financial services, an area that many of us will resonate with as somebody who balances a lot on their plate but still manages to achieve success across those areas. As part of this conversation, I asked Chelsea what role Instagram still plays in her life after growing such a large following on there of over 90,000 followers through her brand that was the 7am daily health tip and even getting sponsored by Grenade. Expect to learn about Chelsea's resilient mindset and her approach to managing her arthritis. We address some of the misconceptions about arthritis and understand why you should indeed focus on what you can do, not what you can't, regardless of whether you're battling an inflammatory condition or not. Lastly, we discuss how Chelsea made sure she could look back on the lockdowns of the last year or so with pride, including three huge challenges that she took on. Since we recorded this podcast, she has a, been training for the Turf Games as part of a team in London, and that is her next big challenge that she's taking part in. However, we ask you at the end to make some further suggestions, and I look forward to hearing those from you. This week's podcast is brought to you by MTN Coaching. Founder David Hatt has appeared three times now on the podcast to share his wisdom on business and fitness, and he heads up a team of six coaches across Scotland who form Scotland's leading online fitness transformation service. They provide bespoke programming and a number of different services to enable you to lose fat, build muscle, while still being able to enjoy your lifestyle and building fitness into it as a part of your routine rather than something that is arduous. MTN are an incredible outfit and they continue to come with a number of different ways that you can work with them you can check them out at mtncoaching.co.uk and inquire today that'll be linked in the show notes below before we dive into this one i just want to say 75 episodes in feels like a little bit of a milestone in terms of yeah almost almost towards that 100 i feel like i'm in the final home straight to get towards 100 episodes and i want to say a big thank you to all of your support If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have subscribed, then all I'm going to ask you to do is share this episode or another episode that you've enjoyed in the back catalogue that you can share that with a friend and help us to grow the audience with other like-minded people. Help me keep getting fantastic guests on like Chelsea and lots of the other brilliant guests that we've still got to come. Without any further ado, let's get into this inspiring conversation with Chelsea Anderson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cambro Conversations. For today's conversation, the agenda is so wide and that's because of all the different interests that my guest has. We are joined today by Chelsea Anderson. Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Hey, uh, how's it going? Yes, good and excited to, to record with you. And like I say, so many different interests, but where should we yeah. begin? What, what would you introduce yourself as, Chelsea? Because you wear so many different hats. Blimey, yeah. So for those who don't know, um, I work nine to five in the corporate world um, as an accountant. So not quite qualified as charters. 
um, three exams off being chartered. So alongside working full time nine to five, I'm studying full time for that chartered qualification. Um, but alongside that, people might know me through Instagram, um, Chelsea underscore Fitness UK. Um, and for those who have an Instagram page will know how behind the scenes how much work is put in behind that um, and alongside that I'm also a level three personal trainer I guess kind of those are the, the key areas um, those are the headlines <laughs> the, yeah. the headlines and yeah I completely agree that content creation alongside your nine five is very heavy professional qualifications I've done some in the insurance space but I know in the accountancy space it's even more important mm-hmm. to have those in order to be chartered and for you to continue to progress and you've got to a really high level within your firm but in order yeah. to make the next step and kind of get to where Chelsea Anderson wants to be in three five ten years time the, the empire that we joked about offline before we hit record and um, there's 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 lots of work to do so there's there's so the much of a, a balancing act isn't there and I guess when it comes to having a, a fitness Instagram, you also have to partake in the fitness itself. And that's more time as well. And you're somebody that's got a really varied fitness background. Tell us a little bit around how you kind of have always been into sports and fitness. I am just naturally competitive. Uh, I think having two younger sisters always wanted to win. We're a very much competitive family and always just driven to be that, you know, the winner and the best and that I can do in whatever sport I'm participating in. Um, For me, obviously, being healthy and I appreciate health can be defined in many different ways. But for me, I also suffer from juvenile arthritis. Um, And I was diagnosed uh, when I was seven. So at five years old, I had a complaint to my mum that my elbow was really much hurting. And two years it took to be diagnosed with juvenile arthritis. so being a, unable to do various different things, um, I also participated in a hell of a lot of sport growing up as a child, so from gymnastics, dancing, swimming, to football for five years. Um, yeah, always been very heavily involved with sport, but due to this arthritis, there was times where I've been told, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that or you shouldn't do this. And I think whenever you're told you can't do something, you always want to do it more. And it relates also back to that competitiveness. I am still very much competitive and still wanted to do it. So I think all this spirals into one really. um, And the fact that I am competitive, health is important to me and keeping those muscles and joints and stuff moving and strong has meant that fitness and participating in sports has just grown and it's, it's, yeah, just grown over me and that's it. A huge part of your identity and Mm. I guess being diagnosed at such a young age with quite a a serious condition that a lot of people would maybe see as a setback, how did it impact your ability to partake in sports and get involved with the younger kids? It doesn't seem to have, but I'm just interested that Mm. what your take on that is. Uh, I guess there was a few key moments. With arthritis, you have up and down periods um, and when you go through a really bad flare-up there'll be times when you can't do the simplest things you know like brush your hair because your elbows don't bend fully or your joints and your your fingers and things like that you can't hold certain things and I just think um, there were times when flare-ups were so bad that I couldn't really do anything like that but I guess the real time where I had to give up a sport completely was dancing and gymnastics because my elbow for me the arthritis is strongest um, and probably the worst in my right elbow I can't fully straighten it or can't 
fully bend it. So being in dancing competitions and dancing exams, it just really looks lazy with me not straightening that elbow. Um, so it meant I had to give up those sports, but I never really focus on what I can't do. It's always what I can do. Um, and I, I, you know, thrived on that opportunity to then take up football, of course, which I loved. And I'm sure we'll discuss that at some point as well, because that was a huge part of my life. Um, I find, so, yeah. I find the fact that the arthritis almost portrayed itself as you being lazy in your presentation and dances in such stark contrast to anything that you and I have spoken about before through Instagram, anything you and I have spoken about in, in preparation for this podcast. And equally for this kind of opening five minutes of us having a discussion just now, the listeners probably wouldn't use that term ever to associate with you. So it's no surprise that you then went, oh, well, I'm maybe being limited in this one particular space, but guess what? I'm going to put my energy and my capabilities into, into another. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, and like I said, dancing was something I was un unable to do. But hey, you know, it meant I, I could bring up football and I grew to love that. And it's a team sport and make many great friends through that. So, yeah, it's turning a negative into a positive. Yeah. Ultimately. And uh, you and I were laughing before you did a bit of the content creation <laughs> on, on, on LinkedIn, didn't you? And you kind of started to focus your, a bit mm -hmm. of your attention there alongside this popping Instagram of yours. And one of the messages you said, and you've actually already said the phrase already, is focus on what you can do, not what you can't. And I think yeah. for anyone listening, how refreshing is it when somebody who maybe shares these quotes, which can sometimes be pretty vacant and lacking in substance on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever you're sharing, how refreshing is it when a content creator actually lives by that motto rather than just posting it for likes? I, yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I think also probably that people can more relate to is this past year. You know, a lot of control has been taken away from us due to COVID and being in lockdowns and not being able to do certain things. But it's more, you know, rather than complaining about it, moaning about it, being like, OK, you know, what can I actually do? What, you know, what do I have control of? And focusing on that and growing within those areas as opposed to not, you know, moaning about it. Yeah, and I think you've certainly done that. And I'm sure we'll touch on that as a, as the episode goes with some <laughs> of the challenges that you poured yourself into. But you you mentioned football there and it becoming a real focus for you. What kind of experience have you had with that over the over the years? Uh, so I played for 11 aside team, uh, a women's team in Kent, uh, and I grew to be captain for the remaining four years uh, out of the five years I was I was playing for the team. Um, centre midfielder, scored 16 goals in the last season, just, just to point that one out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a sport that I, I grew to love and it was a team sport. And I think being a leader and showing, you know, the fitness side, taking those sides on, um, just grew to love it so much. And obviously that competitive side grew 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 in me for sure yeah and I think you can see that you got something from being able to work in an environment where you could contribute regardless of what was going on with your elbow and uh, and, and 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 shrug that aside but in more recent years training in the gym has become more of a focus what do you think led to that um I'm not exactly sure I just grew to love weight training uh currently trying Olympic lifting at the moment which is a whole new story to even begin with um but I just just grew to like weight training and the, and the football phased out partly because of injuries and time ultimately with everything else going on in my life that yeah football took a back seat and weightlifting and training in the gym with friends etc kind of grew on me and that's just what I fell in love with really I think when we think about 
football training, and I know you were saying to me about time management when we were speaking previously. Mm. It's not just the commitment of the 90 minutes in a, on a Sunday, which is when you were playing. It's everything around that. And when you look at the rest of your schedule, you look at the study time needed for these exams and qualifications to move you forward in another area that you care passionately about, which is your career. It's, oh, I'm a numbers geek and yeah. spreadsheet. Love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> Selling yeah. myself out here. Yeah, so give, given you've got like this limited amount of time, this limited amount of resource to invest, I suppose weight training is a little bit less of a commitment time-wise than regular training yeah. for football. And then you were probably doing your weight training to some extent alongside the football to make you a peak performer on the pitch. Yeah, I was attempting. I must admit it would take. So matches would always be on Sundays, you know, Monday, Tuesday recovery, training Wednesdays, um, and then preparing myself for the match uh, the following Sunday. So it was full on. Um, and unfortunately, just had to take a back seat, whether I'll be back on the pitch someday, who, who knows? Um, but for now, uh, sticking to weight training predominantly. Yeah. And I know from conversations with previous guests who've maybe struggled with a kind of lifelong condition like arthritis or um, Talia Bentley spoke about type 1 diabetes and my friend Evie Chardon spoke about her inflammatory condition. What role does weight training play in actually positively impacting something like that? I find during a really bad flare-up, obviously movement, especially with arthritis, is the last thing you want to do. Um, so I tend to lean more towards non-weight-bearing exercises, so things like you know cycling or swimming, etc. But I do focus more on the weight training side of things, just to keep those muscles around the joints strong to support those joints. Um, but ultimately, it's my did, doctor did say find a fine line, don't go too heavy, um, but just just yeah, you know work work towards it but not I too know, much i know you joked with your doctor how many of your patients can can deadlift 100 kilos and he uh, i think he, i think he looked at you in shock yeah yeah he, he was a bit surprised um but it's about listening to your body and not pushing it too much but finding a fine line yeah and on the subject of speaking about your condition i mm-hmm. we, we've been connected for three four years back in the day when you were yeah. what, was, what was the what was the title of the page of the 7 a.m health tip wasn't it Oh, it's a 7 a.m. daily health tip. So people knew I'd be posting at 7 a.m. And that's kind of how I built my platform, really. Just made myself unique. Um, and people knew when I was posting. Yeah. And that was that. I remember it back in the day. But you didn't speak loads and loads about your arthritis. And it seems to me from following your journey that it's been in the last 12 to 18 months that you've been more vocal about it. What do you think drove that willingness to share it more? Um, I think a couple of things, really. I've always tried to keep my personal life um, out of Instagram. And I guess with arthritis, I think opening up about it is a reminder, reminding myself that I do have this illness. Um, And I, I was a bit reluctant on talking about it. But then I kind of hit a stage where, you know, if I can help a couple of people and reassure, you know, a few people that it's not so bad, you can still exercise, you can do various different things, then, you know, great day made. Um, and I guess really another key area was um, the start of COVID. So March 2020, I, I experienced a really, really bad flare up again. Um, to the point where I remember sitting at dinner with friends and I just couldn't get the fork to my mouth. <laughs> and uh, it was the pain associated with that um, that meant, you know, going through a bad flare up. And I'm sure we'll speak about it in a second, but also 
leaning and well the bad flare-up meant that I went on to very strong medication um and that was mild chemo um yeah I don't even know where to begin with that that was a whole six months that drained me completely uh to say the least but I think all those factors meant you know that I I'd like to share it and it was a time for me to share it as well I can imagine that that helps a lot of people who either suffer from the exact same condition of arthritis and there's a, there's such a common misconception that arthritis is only prevalent in the elderly or the kind of older population Massively. and mm-hmm. that must that must grind your gears and again to refer back to speaking to to Talia she was saying about people confusing type 1 and type 2 diabetes and it driving her absolutely mad because one is a genetic hereditary condition while the other is yeah. like very much something that's almost caused by behavioral and um, kind of habitual um so for you to be like grouped in with oh that's only for old people who suffer with like arthritis in their wrists or their knees or whatever and you're thinking well no at the age of seven I was diagnosed with juvenile <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it, it is often the case they are quite surprised at being so young and um, I do suffer from arthritis but that's just yeah lack of knowledge and arthritis is more associated to the elderly but yeah I think people are getting more aware that it can be sort of at any age that anyone can generate arthritis yeah and I think your willingness to share it will definitely help people but I think Mm. everyone can relate to the struggle and I know that I often seek out content of people who overcome struggle and it can be on any sliding scale so you can have the extremes of maybe looking at male mental health where somebody was challenged to the extent that they maybe tried to take their own life and then they came back from that and you can Mm. take inspiration from it equally you can maybe look at somebody on a much smaller scale who maybe lost their job and overcame that and moved on to greatness or moved on to a career that they were happier in and I think we can all take this sliding scale of inspiration or at least understanding of other situations and how people were resilient around those so for you to share that with the public with the platform that you've built over the years is something yeah. I think a lot of people would probably be quite thankful for you doing yeah 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 I mean definitely I'm not I never regret anything in life I am never unthankful for whatever happens and arthritis certainly has had it I wouldn't say benefits but I do want to say benefits uh, in the sense you know my mindset is so driven and I just don't even know where to begin with that but my mindset is just so focused and so I'm I can push myself mentally as well as physically albeit not too much um and that's meant that I can do some really great challenges um, I'm sure we'll discuss that shortly but in lockdown one I, I take it in the UK we've done three ineffectively yeah. and I talked to my dad about this he's like what, what's lockdown because he lives in Florida and so lockdown's not really a thing but lockdown one, um, I walked 100,000 steps with a friend. So that's walking two marathons. Um, lockdown two, I ran a marathon. Um, not a huge runner, um, but just decided to set myself a challenge whilst having no equipment. And lockdown three, I rented a row and I'm just looking at it now. And I rode 50k. So that took four hours, 19 minutes. Um, yeah, so I think leading back to that arthritis and, you know, having having this illness that's constantly there and I probably will have for the duration of my life it just meant that I have this this push in life mentally it's quite hard to explain actually I think you've explained it well though Chelsea through your actions so maybe you can't <laughs> maybe you can't quite verbalize how it pushes you to do things that maybe people would assume that you shouldn't or couldn't do 
and yet look mm. at you doing these activities that test the body but obviously test the mind because anyone that's run a marathon i'm sure not something i've been able to do chelsea but um mm. people will know that it's a mental test as much as the physical especially they talk about they talk about the wall don't they where you, you get to a particular point within the run mm-hmm. and your body's just saying no and that's i think that happens even regardless of what your ability is so you could run a, a three-hour marathon and you hit a wall at some point or you could run a, a five-hour marathon and hit a wall at some point yeah. and people have to push through that so for you to utilize the mindset again from dealing with challenge on a daily basis with your condition to into other areas of your life is something that I think people can learn from regardless of whether they've got the same condition or not yeah a hundred percent definitely at the start of COVID you said there you started to have to take a more severe treatment in order to manage your arthritis you said it was like a mild chemo. Can you share a little bit with that? And it, we can guide through as much as you want or as little as you want, just based on your experience with that. Yeah, sure. Um, wow. Um, so March, I started having this bad flare up again. Um, and it took two, three months to kind of make a decision about what route to go. There's, you know, many different medications out there. There's some new, some old. Um, I had steroid injections as well, which I previously have had in both elbows, but I re- had a rebooster in, in May, I believe, last year. Um, and that provides instant relief, but is only temporary. So it only lasts about eight weeks or so. And so you need to kind of opt for a more long-term medication. And so for me, um, I decided to go on methotrexate, which is a mild form of chemo. Um, I was on it probably uh, about 10 years ago and I was very reluctant on being back on it this time because I just knew the side effects really do get you down as in throwing up. Oh my God, excuse me. <laughs> it's rather disgusting, but uh, throwing up, uh, being sick, yeah, just feeling so down and drained. Um, and I just, just realized that, you know, to save my joints and actually look at the long-term gain to go on to methotrexate again um and I did but in injection form which was a whole new battle injecting myself on a weekly basis um as opposed to previously I was on a tablet form but I was informed that the injection side would prevent well would would reduce the side effects and um yeah I went on the injections methotrexate and just uh, yeah really struggled sorry trying to get my words out on this one it was just a quite a sensitive time in my life and I think six months throughout last year it was tough and uh, predominantly being on that methotrexate injecting myself overcoming that barrier along with being in bed one or two days a week as well as trying to manage corporate life study life you know I appreciate things were, were shut then in terms of gym etc but still trying to exercise and things like that it just was was tough one um, of the most challenging periods for most people was this lockdown period and mm-hmm. we know we talk about lockdown one two three whatever but I think that first one where it's very much a shock to the system where everything's shut but not only that but you had so much else to to juggle at that point and from afar if it seems like you've had progression during that period I know you I know you're now managing a team of seven people within work and you've progressed your career yeah. you've, you've got three exams left to go to get your ACA if I think I've used that correctly ACCA yeah ACA um then despite the kind of roadblocks in your path it seems like it's still been uh, a quote-unquote productive year and I know some people hate the idea of oh 
I use lockdown productively, but you and I are very much of a mind where if you are physically and mentally able to, you should be trying to progress regardless of what's going on outside, kind of drowning out that noise. Oh, definitely. I think um, through looking at lockdown one, there was so many people who turned to me and went, how was lockdown? How was this? And I, I realised that obviously COVID will be something spoke about for a hell of a long time. And, you know, to turn back to someone and say, I achieved this during lockdown, I did this or whatever, you know, as opposed to just binge watching Netflix, but I'm not complaining, Netflix is good at times. But yeah, I just wanted to achieve something during that time so I can look back and reflect and be like, yeah, pal on the back, you, you got through this or you did that. And so, yeah, that's why I did these challenges. That's why, uh, well, with the method track stake as well was, it was a big, big part of the last year but come out a better size, so can't always complain. I know, I, th I think people can take something from that, and even if it is the short-term motivation that somebody stood up to challenge, like I say, sometimes I'll seek out that kind of content online to, to get a boost and apply that to my own circumstance, and it gives you perspective as well. If this person is able to overcome these hurdles, then how can I overcome the either bigger or smaller hurdles in, in my life that pale in comparison? I know comparison gets a really negative rap on Instagram sometimes but equally mm. I can use comparison to motivate me and I'm sure many of the listeners can use it in the same sense from a positive way maybe not like oh I wish I looked like him or her or I wish I I had that job or this job but that person their circumstances are similar or different to mine in this way how can I apply myself in a similar vein and achieve my version of success Oh, exactly. Um, it's not about comparing aesthetically. It's, you know, how can I use what they use in my life to improve on that, really, is how I view, view it. Yeah, that disruption to your life and your energy levels through the, the, the kind of the treatment that you've gone through must have been significant on your impact at work. Did you feel you had decent support from your employer during that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they were fully aware and I kind of pre-warned them, I guess, previously being on it I knew what was to come uh to some extent and just said you know they're very laid back and were very supportive and just meant you know possibly working later evenings throughout the remaining part of the week or possibly just the odd weekend so yeah and I think many employers did step up during the COVID period to be more flexible with staff and support them and I think we hear a lot about the horror stories online about people being placed in furlough and not having any contact with their employer, kind of uncertainty about impending redundancies and whatnot. Whereas in contrast, there's many times where we kind of all got quite well supported by our employer to know where we stood mentally, physically, financially, but especially mm -hmm. when a kind of an event like that is occurring during your life for your employer to stay there probably gives you a reason that you are an advocate for working within the corporate industry, despite this massive Instagram online platform that you've got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been in the corporate world. I didn't go to university or anything like that. So I've been in the corporate world for showing my age here the past 10 years. Um, but uh, they were very supportive and I am grateful for that, um, as I really don't know how I probably would have got through it. Being in bed one to two days a week was not, was not easy. Yeah, of course. What is it that makes you want to continue with corporate life rather than maybe pursue the Instagram fame and fortune for those that don't know, you've got like almost a hundred thousand followers on, on Instagram mm -hmm. sponsorship deals with grenade, which is probably one of the most coveted deals that people who post on online want and such a brilliant brand to work with. 
What makes you want to continue in the corporate world? I think there's a lot of uncertainty with Instagram. You don't control that, you know, engagement, how, how many people see your post or, I mean, it's not about the likes and things like that, but it will have an impact on your sponsorships or your, uh, your business if you're run, running a business through Instagram. And I think ultimately for me, it's just not having that control. And that is predominantly driven by Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And I prefer a more, yeah, more control ultimately yeah control over your destiny through what mm. you do within your workplace there must be an element of fulfillment as well I guess from what you're doing like I don't think you would continue to work in the kind of the real estate property space mm. and investment if you didn't have an element of fulfillment from what you're doing where do you think the fulfillment comes from within your nine five for me as long as I'm growing in life I am satisfied and ready to go. Um, so for, my, for me at the moment, my tra- main focus is, is to be chartered. Um, and at the moment, I've just started a new role, which is managing seven people. It's you know leading up a department of 500 people and focusing on the finances uh, throughout the duration of the year and what we've done so far. So I think at the moment, just rolling into that new role at the start of this year, also um, completing my exams is my next goal and as long as I'm pushing like I've already stated then bring it on but if I hit some sort of stable part then that's when I lose interest so I think that's where the interest has always been yeah a lot of us talk about a corporate ladder and I don't think it's created equally and that's not we're not going to get into like male female dynamics and stuff like that Chelsea don't worry we won't do that interestingly I'm on Q1 meetings with all team leads at the moment. I'm the only woman on there. And there's 18 meetings with about three to four people every single time. That remains a challenge, doesn't it? And I think something oh, the world that you're working on. And I think anyone speaking to you would see you as every bit as capable as a, a male exec of your age. So I think that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that, that's why we obviously need to address that kind of thing. But for me, it's not created equal in the sense that you see a lot of people and I try to bring balance to the podcast with people who maybe have left the corporate world for a a role in the fitness industry and they love it and they preach about the virtues of it. I've spoken to people on the podcast who have left the fitness world for, for other industries as well. And I think that's refreshing to understand. And I think like any role, whether it's in the fitness industry or the corporate industry, there has to be something in it that keeps you interested. And Oh, definitely. You Mm -hmm. see people say like, oh, I hated my job in corporate. And they maybe worked in a call center where they had minimal authority and autonomy. No wonder they felt understimulated. Whereas if you're kind of working towards something that you have a genuine interest in, maybe some of the numbers that you're seeing, Chelsea, stimulate you getting to work at look after six, seven people and have conversations with them and direct their workflow for the day and come together as a team in an organization and feel like a cog that matters. That's more important to me than maybe when somebody equally on the opposite side of things is maybe in the fitness industry and kind of feels like they're not having an impact because they maybe coach four or five people a day in in the same type of session and it doesn't fulfill them. No wonder both people in both camps are kind of like, "Mm, maybe uh, this isn't for me. There's pros and cons to starting your own business, but also being in the corporate world. For me, um, working alongside people that you like and generally get along with, I mean, you're sitting alongside them for 40 odd hours a week. So as long as you're happy and fulfilled within that, I think is a key driver. And that possibly might be the reason why people tend to start their own business. Um, Ultimately, obviously with control of salary, et cetera. But 
it can get quite lonely in that sense starting your own business so pros and cons to both sides for sure maybe an area that's forgotten about like you say that connection piece and I've got friends mm-hmm. that got friends that are online fitness coaches and they join like a business coaching group and have a yeah. business coach in order to connect with people that are in the same space working online maybe in a particular income bracket trying to take it to the next one and that's their level of connection whereas I suppose our level of connection is in normal times or even in these times we have joint zoom calls with our teams we have chats mm-hmm. with them we have a, a shared purpose and a goal that we work towards and I think that's maybe an under for under kind of thought about area of corporate that you and I are clearly getting a benefit from yeah 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 definitely I've been at my company for Christ uh six seven years now um I did leave a year to go traveling but they wanted me back so <laughs> I went back to the exact same desk and exact same um team so yeah that was really really nice actually I love that. When it comes to time management, this is something that interests me. How do you try to fit it? And I know you've said you love your spreadsheets and your numbers. Are you quite regimented with a diary? How do you plan it all? I get asked this question a lot and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Same 24 hours a day everyone gets. And uh, yeah, I seem to somehow jam pack. But no, I guess ultimately it is planning. I do I do plan posts and things like that and have them drafted in my inbox uh, sorry in Instagram within the app so I can just go in and post and it's just about managing your time effectively and resourcing that time and not just you know starting this doing a bit of that um, it's really like head down focus smash that out move on um, and I guess it is just just focusing on that and you know on long walks etc it's like listening to podcasts and always growing or you know just to combining different things within within your life so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of dead time for you from from what I see I guess similar to myself I I don't I'm not really up to date on all the latest Netflix series and when people ask me and I guess I'm more likely to be up to date with the latest podcast like you say I've maybe listened to something or I've I've typed a post on my walk into my notes on my phone that I'm going to share later on How, how do you spend downtime or or do you find that your downtime becomes content creation time oh no definitely I think through being on Instagram for the past I think I started it uh six years ago um I've certainly learned that Instagram is no longer my downtime and I think that's a key issue for people um switching off from say work you're scrolling on Instagram and things like that you're not mentally switching off so for me it's actually escaping a screen whether it be a tv a laptop or a phone and just going for a walk or going to the gym um for me coffee walks have been a huge thing during lockdown um and i do watch netflix that certainly has picked up during lockdown um i guess it's just having more time now not having to commute to an office etc but yeah for me it is just just switching off completely mentally as well as looking at a screen Yes, yeah, screens always screens always a big thing, and I've been trying to mm. battle my screen time for a long time now, and I find that moving a lot of things that you would maybe do on your phone, for Instagram, onto your laptop, so DMs, for example, has helped me tremendously. Um, mm. Obviously, you can't voice note back, which is something I do like to do to people yeah. that don't touch, but I can type maybe longer messages, and then I'm not tempted to go onto Insta stories and start viewing them because I think that's yeah. the the black hole of attention on the app, isn't it? You can get into a definite hole through the Instagram stories, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess one of the things that you and I have laughed about before is that 
somebody and maybe multiple people have called you lucky Chelsea when it comes to your Instagram platform that's something that bristles with you isn't it oh it touches a nerve massively um I guess just to like elaborate on that um people often say oh you're so lucky to be you know working with great brands or you know to have such a successful platform etc but for me that just frustrates the hell out of me because for people who don't know what goes on behind the scene of you know creating so much content video and recording things like writing captions etc um it's all takes up so much time and i think a big driver for people who are starting a fitness platform today would be consistency i've been doing this for six years and back when i was the 7am daily health tip that meant posting on a daily basis having something to post something to write about or you know whatever to do that for such a long duration of time i think it's just not luck the instagram gods didn't wake up one day and say chelsea is going to get 92,000 followers and that is the day it didn't it didn't come like that i wish it did that'd be great um, but anyway, sorry, going off a tangent, um, but I think it's just not lucky. No, it's just frustration, that's all, because there is a lot of work that's put behind the scenes. Yeah, I think if you look at even like the, you would call basic workout videos that you post now from your mm. from your, your living room during this, this period where you've had the roar <laughs> and some body weight and you've started to get a barbell yeah. just before the gyms reopened down south. You, there, there's a lot of work that goes into making that presentable with the captions on the on what movement you're doing, how many reps you're doing, all that kind of stuff. And to show up and consistently do that for such a long period, and like you say, when you were the 7 a.m. daily tip, that meant seven grid posts a week at 7 a.m. Or, or, or five, whatever it was, depending if you were doing weekends. It was every day. Yeah. It was every day. I've no doubt it was, yeah. Okay. And, and, and that discipline short-term and consistency equals freedom longer-term, where now you can kind of show up a little bit more without any pressure on your growth because you're at a level where your engagement is is always going to be solid enough. I know we, 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 we tear our hair out of the algorithm and, and the, the standard of it and whatnot, but ultimately you've showed up for such a long period of time. You've earned the right. Your followers trust you implicitly with what you come onto the onto the feed and say to them because you've earned that right so to speak and it's not luck it's more the foundations were laid such a long time ago yeah um and i guess being slightly fortunate in the sense that there are so many fitness platforms out there especially at the moment um and given six years ago was quite a while ago there was not quite as many fitness pages uh, back then but yeah it's definitely consistency and building that foundation and that's why at the moment I know my life is absolutely manic in terms of working full-time but also studying full-time if I can get that qualification and I will get that qualification whenever that will be that's just laying that platform for later on in life so yeah it's really funny you look at it in the same way though and I I certainly can see it from my perspective I think we're quite like-minded in that respect that doing the work now by getting the your accounting qualification is the same as when you were showing up daily on Instagram because it's giving you something that you can not fall back on but rely upon to some extent when it comes to well in your career it's going to be financially or access to other jobs or promotions within your firm and equally your Mm -hmm. Instagram is something you can fall back on so at the moment you might be in almost a, a maintenance phase of Instagram where you turn up two three days a week on the grid but you've earned the right to do that because you did the you did the seven days back in a day. And equally, in 10 years' time, 
you don't have to sit another accounting qualification unless you maybe go into a different area to specialise because you've got your your paper from back in the day. Yeah, 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 definitely. One day I'll pass. <laughs> I'll get there. It's sure. Three, 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 three exams to go. I, I've got complete faith. Another area of consistency in your life, I guess, I know, I know we've, we've, we've delved into arthritis quite a lot, but are there areas that you need to be consistent in other areas of life in order to manage this to its, its kind of most manageable, I think, if that's the term? What do you mean by that exactly? So what other things do you need to look after? You spoke about the last thing you want to do is movement, but sometimes you need to go for non-weight-bearing mm. exercises to manage your arthritis or any other areas you need to keep a focus on maybe like recovery sleep nutrition what what else needs to be consistent to feel at your best so for those who don't know arthritis the the arthritis that i have is juvenile arthritis and that's partly because i was diagnosed as so young um and effectively it's similar to rheumatoid arthritis and that is where my immune system will attack my joints and if anyone knows, an autoimmune disease, um, as soon as your immune system has been affected, whether it be through stress, through tiredness, through, you know, whatever the case may be, your your uh, joints will start to flare up and the arthritis will become active. Um, so for me, I always think sleep is so important um, and that is linked back to your immune system and things like that. In terms of food and things like that, I've not found anything specific to actually help. Um, I've heard dairy and taken that out of your diary, but diary, <laughs> just take that out of your diary, dairy and diary, <laughs> same thing. Um, no, taking that out of your diet. Let's say that again. Um, I've heard is meant to work, but for me, I've kept that in. And so far I have kept my condition sort of under control. Um, it's one of those things though, that whenever I get a bad flare up, I always go from 0% to 100% in the sense that I just want to be better now. And so I try every little thing possible, whether it be just having more baths frequently in the morning, just to get moving and get those joints uh, moving, especially in the morning after sleeping for whatever hours, um, drinking more water, taking turmeric I've found has helped, cod liver oil, tablets and vitamins. Um, yeah just take everything at once and and because of that i'm really frustrated that i don't know exactly what it is but because it's an immune system uh illness there's there's so many impact there's so many different things that could impact that um but for me i've certainly found sleep is is a huge thing if you get enough i mean one i'm, I'm moody as anything anyway but two um i've noticed that you know joints start to flare up and things like that so that's just one big key area that i have noticed yeah i think sleep's foundational for so many things and i'm glad that you've you, you've raised that as one area you called out some supplements there as well and equally i know it's hard for you to gauge whether one in particular supplement is the most beneficial but you said turmeric for example is something you've looked at and i know it's it's an anti-inflammatory effectively isn't it for for joint pain and i used turmeric when i was at the depths of my last photo shoot prep and when i get very lean i don't appear to generate a lot of fluid in my knees and they get really sore leg pressing and squatting so for, okay. whatever, for whatever reason turmeric seemed to to help that and that was the only thing that added in in terms of additional supplements so sometimes whether it was placebo or not it seemed to it seemed to work and it's interesting you've called that out as well for something that's a bit more serious than some knee pain because i'm quite quite ripped <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist, nutritionist, um, and not sure I could give that information, but that's something I have certainly researched into and looked into. And I do still take tablets, vitamins for turmeric every single day, um, whether that's had an impact. But like I said, at the moment, I'm feeling good. So whatever I'm doing, I'm maintaining for sure. Let's keep that vibe going and that consistency. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Going yes. that way. And I guess we've spoken about your Instagram growth and one of the areas I want to delve into was that you very much were a niche account because you said you differentiated by being the 7am daily health tip. Why do you think that enabled you to grow more so than if you'd showed up initially as Chelsea Fitness? I think uh, because there's such a huge platform in terms of fitness pages at the moment, it's about getting you across your personality, your uniqueness, etc. And ultimately, if you are building a platform that people to sell to people, people buy to people, but people buy into people. Let's say that again. Um, and so ultimately is getting you across what makes you unique why do people want to buy into you as opposed to someone else who's selling pretty much the same program say for example if it's a fitness thing you're selling um, and so the 7am daily health tip it was just it was me it was 7am every single day people knew wake up in the morning or people often do check their phones first thing in the morning and they would see this post whether it would be mindset driven health tip or something in relation to you know exercise or just a, a motivational tip whatever the case may be people would wake up to that and see that post and and go from there um, and then it got to a stage where I think it was a couple of years ago where I did change it to Chelsea underscore fitness UK and just used it more so for my name and I guess the main reason for that was because I was traveling at the time uh, with an ex-partner over a year and yeah, let's just say with the time differences and stuff like that, it just confused the head out of me. And 7am was just, yeah, no longer 7am where I was. So it just kind of took a back seat. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And equally, it falls back into that point where we're saying about earning the right to do what you want to with the platform once you get to a certain stage mm -hmm. and being able to, to, to have that change. I think the last thing I'd really like to cover with you, Chelsea, is you've done these three massive challenges in the last year you've done walked walking two marathons in a day you ran a marathon you rode 50 50 <laughs> kilometers was it 50 yeah 50 yeah numbest bum ever but yeah, the, sorry. yeah and you broke the roar as well but you're not telling your audience that are you no 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 not no. We'll, <laughs> we'll move on. on we'll move on um what is coming next because the gyms in england are back open is there mm. another challenge in sight or are you just happy to be back in the in the weight room? There'll certainly be some challenges to come. Um, not exactly sure what just yet. It will be a cycling one for sure, um, as I feel rowing and running and walking is things that I've ticked off. Um, but for the moment, it's just trying maintaining and getting used to weightlifting again, as during lockdown, we were unable to do that. So just just slowly easing myself back in but certainly my brain is ticking away like what can I do the skier staring at me can I do like a marathon on that maybe or I don't know can you imagine that motion of just staring at the floor for god knows how long um yeah I don't know we'll see there's always yeah. something that I want to grow into and build myself up to yeah we'll no see. doubt so I'm gonna ask the audience if you've got any suggestions for what you would like Chelsea to yeah send them in 
our fourth challenge, then you need to ping them across. If it involves the ski erg, I feel sorry for you. I had never used the ski erg until 2020 because the garage gym that I've been using mm-hmm. has a ski erg in it. And we've been doing like as part of a, an EMOM, so maybe 12 or 15 mm-hmm. calories resting and going to the yep. next one. Or we throw it in as like a, maybe while I do a circuit with goblet squats, Romanians and lunges, mm-hmm. the other person has to do the ski erg the whole time. So we've done some yeah. horrible, horrible stuff on it. And it's one of those things that you can just bang stuff out because you're using your body weight to just take you down continually and get mm-hmm. you moving forward. But I can only mm-hmm. imagine if you were doing distances like a marathon on it, what your body's going to feel like after <laughs> Listen, I love pushing myself to that mental state that we've already already talked about. It's not that physical push, it's that mental push. So we'll see what's to come, that's for sure. Um, and I'm just really odd. I love burpees. I love the ski erg. So it's interesting you say you don't like the ski erg. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't not like it, but I can certainly see that it would cause some significant challenges if you were, if you were doing a long distance on it. But I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll rock it, Chelsea. I've loved this conversation. I'm sure the listeners have as well. If they wanted to, to reach out and maybe suggest a challenge or just ask you some questions in general, where should they head towards, Chelsea? Uh, for social media, I predominantly just use Instagram. So that'd be Chelsea underscore Fitness UK. Um, I have been on Twitter as well, Chelsea uh, underscore Fitness UK. I'm laughing because Chelsea didn't fit the character limit. Uh, so it's just Chelsea on Twitter. <laughs> um, but Chelsea underscore Fitness UK on Instagram. That'll Any be challenges, where- please welcome over. Yes, my audience will bring you the challenges, Chelsea, don't worry. Um, I'll link that in the show notes below. I hope you've all enjoyed this conversation as much as I have had having it. If you have done and you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the five-star review. It helps us chart and reach more and more like-minded people. Equally, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot, pop it in your Instagram story, tag me at call.cambro, tag Chelsea, let us know what you think, let us know what challenges you want to see, and I'll be back Mm -hmm. to speak to you all again very, very soon.